0: Hello, I am Frederick Bell, CEO of Elemental Altus Royalties. We are a TSXV listed precious metals focused royalty company. And our unique attribute is that we, uh, for a company size, we have about 10 producing royalties and diversified revenue from the outset.
1: Good to see you, Frederick. Um, we saw you back in June, but a yeah, bit, bit of news. There's a flurry of news coming out of, uh, out of you at the moment, and you've been doing a little bit of spring cleaning um, in Ethiopia and Mali, and uh, finishing finishing things off um, with the Castronos project as well. So can we start with Casaranos if you don't mind? Because that was, I guess, the last thing we talked about. Um, what's been happening there?
0: Yeah, so I think since we last Caught up, Matt. We we acquired another um, part of, of the Caserones royalty, um, and and so we just upped our our interest in that royalty there. And um, coincidentally, it was shortly before Lundin Mining closed their acquisition of a majority stake in the mine. Um, and I think that increased our confidence in the asset going forwards, um, and our belief that in the medium term going forwards, Lundin are going to be able to bring their synergies in country um, operationally. Um, and uh, technical expertise and exploration knowledge and, uh, to, to bear um, at the asset. And I think uh, just at a high level, casarones uh, it's, it's, it's had a pretty long mine life. It's a large copper porphyry, um, but it hasn't had a lot of exploration in recent years. And Lundin have been very active in exploration um, in that region in recent years. Um, so uh, I think they've spoken publicly to the fact that they see a lot of potential um, exploration upside at Casarrones and for us that's that's a long cornerstone um royalty um that is paying today and, and we can be paying many many years into the future
1: right okay so you're you're sitting at just under half half a percent there uh is that right yeah, yeah. Something like,
0: something and, like that. Uh, okay yeah and and look it's uh you, you know those kinds of assets that i think you could call sort of generational assets um it gives us uncapped upside to the copper price primarily um, to exploration upside um, to technological improvements as they go and i think the the way um the way the market has been you know going and um the electrification theme you know, copper is going to continue to be in demand and existing operations like Caserones that have had billions of dollars spent you know and yeah many years to get them to this point um it's it's rare for a company outside to have really high quality royalty on an asset like that um, that's shared by some of the bigger royalty companies well, um, like like Franco Nevada, so it's it's certainly a, a good quality asset in our portfolio um, with a long life ahead of it and a lot of exploration to come.
1: Right. So the, the, those are the kind of um, the kind of the blue the blue chip um, parts of the the portfolio. You've also you kind of got an extensive portfolio and you've you've been looking at. Well, let's let's start with um, Ethiopia in terms of what's happening there because I'm interested in this how you manage and how you optimize your portfolio. When do you um, exit or monetize um, assets. You know how? How do you work at how long you hold these things for? So, if you don't mind, Ethiopia. What, what have you been doing there?
0: So, Ethiopia. We we just announced um, a, a deal with ANS, um, and and we were familiar with some of the principles there. Um, uh, Both from, uh, from another company. Some of them are involved with um, and and previous um, sort of businesses and uh, very good management team. Um, really good technical knowledge. And really we were looking for a partner um, to to take Ethiopia on um, over the next couple of years and and really be focused there on the exploration opportunity. And and that's a deal where we see cash upfront, we see staged payments, we keep 5% equity interest in the company, and we we have an equity interest um, when that company lists at the parent company level. So for us um, really in this market, I think it is partnering and outsourcing some of the exploration we have taken some of these projects um, to the stage they're at, and some of them have taken years to get here in terms of target selection, refinement, um, getting the in-country set up. And it's at a stage now where if we can put it into you know, really good quality hands who can then advance a project, that's the best outcome for us in terms of um, outsourcing some of the ongoing expenditure and also keeping our uncapped interest through a royalty alongside cash next
1: right but the selection the selection of the groups that you use because you know you, you can sort of spin this out and not not do too much thinking about it because all all companies are equal they're not um you know just because you want to kind of need the short-term cash but you, you've got to believe that the team's capable of raising the capital and have got a plan to actually get this thing into production because ultimately there's going to be phased payments but at the end of the day you know it's the NSR on these things which are the, the real value so again how, how do you do that diligence on the company how what gives you the certainty or confidence yeah
0: i, I think you, you you hit the nail on the head there when you say that the, the sort of cash element is it's more of a almost call it a cost recovery element and we're recouping some of the expenditure and some of the money we put in um but the real upside is in having an uncapped royalty on that asset in the future and and the more of those we can get and um, we've got uh, we've got fifteen in, in Morocco now. Generated. Um, we generated. We have two in Ethiopia with this deal closing. We've got the recent deal in Mali um, where we have royalty now. On, uh, we'll be going forwards on, on deeper Capital. Uh, that is where the real value is, um, because some of these assets, um, you know, in, in Mali's case, it, it's going into production soon. Um, so that that will have a real immediate value, um, but it will also have very material and, and not as defined value going forwards on the exploration upside. Um, and for us, I think if you want to talk about how we partner with people and, um, how we find them, I think the transaction, which we also just very recently announced in Mali, um, with allied gold is a great example. And, and that was a 600,000 ounce project. We had a dealer account for adjacent to Allied's operating Sadiola mine. And, and for those who don't know, Sadiola was a 10 million ounce resource historically. Um, and with the sulfide potential to come into production, got the potential to be a tier one asset going forwards. And, um, at the moment it's largely oxide mine and, and we have near surface, high grade oxides adjacent. So we sold it to Allied for upfront stage payments, $6 million, um, which is, which is great in cash, but the real value for us is to royalty. And I think Allied's plan is, is to get that. Um, and they've said this, get some of that oxide through the plants as quickly as possible. So, you know, call it 5 million in revenue in 2024 and 2025. And then there's double that resource again, to be drilled out from the inferred stage and they're in the right place to do it. And why are they in the right place? Why did we do the deal after a capacity process with Allied? Um, the obvious synergy was they had an operating mine, 12 kilometers away from the resource. They have their own drill rig. They have their own exploration team who have been there for years, who understand the geology. And again, that project is at a stage where, you know, you could quite easily put a couple of million dollars of exploration into it straight away. And they're in a position where not only can they do that, but they can do that simultaneously, bring it into production um, faster than anyone else, um, because it is on a small scale mining permit and adjacent to that mine and get it straight in. So in these cases, we're trying to look for the teams that not just have the technical capability, but in this market, have the financial ability to progress it, um, because you know we're a roughly 200 million dollar company, and and you know we're looking at the expenditure requirements going forward on some of our projects and saying, well, to do the next stage well, we'd want to be committing a million dollars, three million dollars, five million dollars to really add value, and and actually, is that for us in our position as a royalty company, is that the best use of our capital, or should we find a really good quality partner who's financially capable? Who has a technical expertise, and they can take that and make that multi-year investment, and we can get, um, you know, cash payments, equity carry, and royalties, and that's what we've done in, in both the case of Mali and Ethiopia. Right, and
1: obviously very different profiles. I mean, Allied I Gold versus NS Exploration. You know, companies at different different uh, phases of, of their of their own uh, growth story. Um, but you make an interesting point there with regards to picking the right companies, um, in the sense that. The royalty doesn't go away. Like say, for whatever reason, if a company that came in and, and, and picked up one of your assets, whatever the deal structure was, if that didn't work out for them, your royalty remains. It doesn't go away. Uh, it's it's the royalties on the asset. That, that, I think that's interesting for people to understand and, and and recognize. What it does do is destroy the the the, the time frame, and therefore the kind of, I guess the return profile of, of any investment you made to date. So. it's a a big thing picking the right company but how quickly they can move through the phases is also quite interesting and and I see that in in Mali and Ethiopia two very different um, profiles there
0: yeah and and, um, talking about the the royalty sort of being there for the long term I mean again I think uh, if you use the case of Mali and allied in particular that is uh, uh, in terms of resource it's, it's a 10 million ounce resource and that's historic information that's out there. Um, and there are not many of those around. And I think, um, you know, deeper, capital licenses essentially will be part of that mine now, and we will have an uncapped 3% and then 2% royalty, um, on part of what is a 10 million ounce plus operating mine complex with a call it order, billion dollar operator, um, multi-mine operator, um, that for us is 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 a fantastic result, I think. Um the expiration upside and the resource that they have at Sadiola, um, there's every possibility um that it continues on strike into parts of our license. Um but again, it is um that is expiration work that you, you need a couple of million dollars on um just to take it through um, you know the next stage and um for us I think we can most cost effectively realise a benefit by partnering with someone like allied who, who understand the geology intimately, who have been there for years, um, and who have the ability, uh, to really fast track it into production at the same time as exploration. And and so that royalty for us, um, uh, you know, that, that sort of deal for us, $6 million upfront, uh, plus maybe $10 million of, of sort of payments in, in royalties over the next two years at a top level. Um, and then beyond that going forwards. Um, I think that's a that's a really good outcome um, to have and I think that royalty could quite easily be producing for a number of years into the future um, as allied both upgrade the resource and out to fight more.
1: right so tell me tell me this um, we've been talking for a couple of years um, we've been following this story and, and, that, and that growth. you've you must have learned a few things in the last couple of years in the, in the sense that it's been obviously a very very difficult market, but you've done a few things right. the merger, Made a lot well de- defense of a takeover. Let's start with that. <laughs> then, uh, because you didn't feel it was the right profile for your for your shareholders or, or your company, and um, the merger that's gone on, and then now this kind of, I guess, pruning or optimizing. Let's say of the the portfolio, in terms of what you think is important now versus what you thought was important, maybe three. Four years ago, where's where's your head at in terms of where the kind of next kind of inflection point for your company comes from?
0: So, I I think that um, for us, uh, look, it's always um, it's always a balance between um, the opportunities that we're looking at on the royalty side, and and particularly in the situation we've been in the last year, is we felt we had a huge amount of call it latent value in our portfolio um, through through Mali um, through Ethiopia. And we still have Egypt, um, very large land holding in Egypt. And I think for us, it was how we can um, how we can maximize value there, bringing partners and particularly in this market where I think our view is that cash is king and there are a lot of good projects and there are a lot of good companies in the exploration development phase who are, um, who, who are trading at discounts to where they've been in the last two years. And, um, you know, I think our view is that, again, if we can find good quality, you know, financially strong partners um, who can, you know, put some of the risk capital to work and advance these projects, and crucially give us a good royalty on them going forwards, that's that's a really good way um, for us to maximise value and minimise our ongoing investment um, in the future. Um, in terms of, um, in terms of the royalty opportunities. I think we would characterize it that um, in the last two years royalties often move sort of counter um, to equities um, in terms of opportunities and I think that in this market we are seeing a lot of good royalty opportunities um, for our investment. So there's a lot of competition for our investment dollars Um, and conversely we want to be uh, cautious in in how we deploy those dollars and, and make sure we're doing it accretively. Um, in the context of um, where our valuation is as well, and, and we're fortunate in that you know, this is what the company was really built for, which was in a downturn to be cash flow positive and to have ongoing funds to reinvest when no one else does, and that some of the best opportunities are out there. And if we can be doing that in parallel with really, I think, realizing and demonstrating value in our royalty generation portfolio by attracting high quality. Um, partners from a technical and a financial stru- standpoint. Um, it puts us in a position where, uh, looking forwards, we've outsourced a lot of our exploration expenditure um, to, to partners. Um, and and we've got that money to deploy into a market where valuations are increasingly attractive. And, and um, that's sort of, I think, where we find ourselves. Okay.
1: Yeah, well, for, for sure, some very, very attractive deals to be had. Um... But cheap doesn't necessarily mean good. So obviously you you've got to focus on the you kind know, of the quality side of things and um, do that do that diligence. Otherwise, we'll come come back to bite you further down the line. And um, in, in terms of the kind of funding games that we you know we we saw a couple of years ago with new entrants into the marketplaces and valuations perhaps being slightly out of whack with the, the reality of their of their balance sheet. Um, are you seeing things like calming down? Do you expect to see more M and uh, uh, in, in the market, or are people just kind of focused on trying to get either generate royalties or buy royalties or you know, what's what's the kind of mood out I, there?
0: I uh I, I think our feeling is that we'll, we'll probably see more MA both in the mining space generally but but also specifically in our royalty space. Um it's likely they'll be continuing to the MA this year and, and going into next year. Um and, and that might just be a reflection for the whole industry. Um but it's uh uh this is not the first time it's happened if you go back to 2014 2015 there were there were roughly uh sort of 10 mna deals and the royalty space consolidated um you know quite quite a lot in that period and um coming out of that uh into sort of 2016 2017 um you sort of saw new royalty companies being formed and i think it peaked in 2020 um, and since then we've seen, um, we've seen, uh, six or seven MA deals, um, in the royalty space. And I think we'll continue to see that over the next year or two. And so it's a sort of, I think it's, it's almost a, it's a repeat of a pattern from that, call it, I'd call it 2010, to 2015 period is almost repeating now in a sort of 2017 period to 2023 period, um, where you've, you've seen the smaller royalty companies be acquired in MA um and you've seen a gap in the small side and then you've seen new companies come in and then there's been you know a lot of competition and high equity markets and then you've seen consolidation in that space and so we're going back to the phase where there are probably more opportunities in the market and there are less royalty companies there particularly in the sub billion dollar space
1: yeah interesting times well like i'm Nice to see uh, this kind of the flow of information kind of coming out out of the, the company um, with regards to that kind of manicuring of the, of the portfolio. Um, look, stay in touch. Let us know how you get on, obviously, with uh, any, any more deals that you've got planned. And uh, we'll speak to you soon, OK?
0: Much appreciate it. Thanks, Matt.